Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to the Free Agency Week edition of Sharing Socks. I'm Southside Sox duty geezer Lee Allen. With me, my son and West Coast correspondent, Will. And uh, I guess most interesting things that have happened have just been people listing off what they think is going to happen <laughs> with anything yes. else. The White Sox and their, our all fans have to give a great thank you to uh, A.J. Pollock for reasons I don't comprehend. I, it, it may be, you know, he lives in Arizona. Maybe he's just hoping to get a West Coast team. Or somebody I've, I've got multiple theories here with Pollock. One theory being he's done. Um, you know, he's been injury plagued his entire career. His career trajectory was very no, he different. Did. He was very well. This, did very well this year. He, he, he was never, fine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, injury wise for sure. Um, yeah. So it's possible because, you know, at the very beginning of the year, he had the week off for paternity leave um, or a couple weeks. So it's possible with the new kid and having a bunch of injuries, being in his mid-30s, he's taking the buyout, calling it quits. Theory number one. Theory number two, he hated playing for the White Sox so much that he just wanted out and it was more valuable for him to just get out of that franchise for less I, money. You know, with all of the things, I mean, there's these things still swirling around about the horrible clubhouse. Uh, nobody's up there and going, that's the guy. I can't be around him or those two guys. I can't be around them. Uh, but there's just lots and lots of stuff about it's yeah. not a good place to be. Theory three is. 
he took the buyout, which was what, $5 million? Yes. Yeah, took the $5 million buyout. His agent has a lead on like a two-year nine and a half million dollar deal or that's, something that's, like that. that's that's my best guess i think he's got to get a two-year no more than 10 uh so for he's sure. currently just playing basically for free the second year because he could have gotten the extra eight this time and he has a chance of playing nearer home with a new baby uh Maybe. i had looked up just in case uh-huh. one of those deals being near the wife's home or the wife's australian <laughs> so, oh. <laughs> grew up, born in Australia and grew up in England. So I, I don't think that's that's a factor there, although maybe Arizona's halfway between <laughs> Australia. Well, I definitely think uh, that is uh, the most likely scenario is that they have a lead on a two-year deal. I, I mean, I think he's either trying to get out of baseball or he's trying to stay in baseball a little mm-hmm. longer, even if it uh, means getting next less money next year. But I also think theory, too, of clubhouse environment um, is very, very, very possible. Uh, yeah. You know, AJ is not, you know, he's not booming with personality. So it's possible that, you know, in a very, very tense clubhouse environment, he was an odd man out and doesn't want to be a part of that culture, which I do think that culture is about to radically shift under grip all. Um, but yeah, I mean, whatever motivated him not taking that option, I would say there were a bunch of not, uh, not surprising option pickups by mediocre players this week. He was certainly on the list of uh, players we expected to take the option and he did not. He took the five million dollars to not play in Chicago. Uh, uh not necessarily in Chicago. On the south side of Chicago. True, on the south side of Chicago. Because one of our one of our other free agents is being listed as quite possibly just moving a couple of miles up the red line. But the the good thing is it really helps the White Sox to uh free up that money and free up that space and uh I don't know why he made the decision he made. I, my guess is we will find out. Um, but, yeah, bye, AJ. Thanks. Um, honestly, I didn't dislike you as a White Sox player. I thought you were okay. I, I probably wouldn't have thought you were okay, except we got you in a trade with Craig Kimbrell. Uh, and right. so I was just constantly comparing you to if we had still kept Craig Kimbrell. And I do think we very, very much so got the better end of that deal, even with Pollock having sort of a, a middling season. Um, but, you know, there yeah, were times middling. where he was the only outfielder out there who had played outfield before. So <laughs> yeah. uh, He did have that going for him. Even though he has a t- terrible arm. Uh, now, so yeah. I, I know both of us have looked through a lot of the prediction lists of where free agents will go, including the entire – 50-man list on uh, uh, MLB trade uh, rumors, which is one of my favorite sites to go to for that kind of thing. Full disclosure, disclosure, I only actually read the first 40 because the name started getting so vague to me that I... Then you you missed number 48 that was a possible White Sox. Well, I can't wait to hear about it. (laughs) But before we get to that, the headline... As, as we go on, we're recording uh, Saturday around noon, uh, Central Time, on MLB Trade Rumors. 
was that the White Sox are interested in Sean Murphy. Now, I would guess there are probably 25 teams that are interested in Sean Murphy because he's an excellent offensive and defensive catcher with years of team control left. Uh, why Oakland would trade him to the White Sox instead of a team that has deep minor leagues <laughs> farm system from them to get lots of cheap labor from, I don't know. And it's interesting, even though on that, that they're interested. Because yeah. a year from now, absolutely, they're stuck with Yasmani Grandel. They are stuck with him. It's $18 million. Nobody's taking him unless you toss in 15 million of it. And then you've Maybe got Sebi. Sebi's a perfectly adequate backup. Um, yeah, this possibly makes could be an no, adequate starter. This makes no sense to me. I mean, the one thing I'll say is here on Southside Sox, there is a writer who will occasionally do a piece about the biggest beefcakes uh, in, in Major League Baseball and on the White Sox in particular. Sean Murphy, famously large keister, uh, <laughs> would fit in probably at the top of a beefcake ranking in Chicago. I'm not saying he read that and is aspiring to be in the next beefcake rankings, but it is legitimately the only reason I can uh, understand any of this happening. It makes no sense to me. Uh, yeah, the article said the White Sox are interested in Sean Murphy, and I would assume really everybody's interested in Sean Murphy outside of so. three teams, maybe. <laughs> uh, and I have no clue what we could give them for Murphy. I have no clue what we would do with guys that we have if we I, got I, I, Murphy. I, I, yeah, I, unless unless you're going to follow up eating $15 million of Keuchel in 2022 with eating $18 million of Grandal in 2023. And I, I got to get this in. I have never been a Yasmani Grandal fan, even when he was good. Even in 2021, when he was a 155 OPS plus. And that's because he's a whiner. And I don't like whiners. He, he was so used to getting every call when he's at the plate in his favor and, and what's happening that once you get that reputation of being really good at the strike zone, uh, people like Randall and, and Carlos Santana get the benefit all the time, but he was so used to getting every call that a ball would come right down the middle and the empire would call it a strike and he'd whine and moan and stuff. And I said, get off it, play the damn game. Um, yeah. I mean, we're, we're stuck with Grandall. I, I mean, it is possible that they are looking at just eating the grand all money because what do you, you can't really play him. <laughs> I mean, you, you can, but he's a terrible, terrible catcher now. I mean, he's just, and it's not yeah. necessarily his fault. He's just got nothing left in his knees and he's uh, terrible at the plate. He's really been a bad hitter for quite some time, but he's also lost his plate discipline in a lot of ways. And the power is just gone. And with a guy like him, and, and because of the knees. power's gone. Exactly. Yeah. Power's legs. And, you know, with a guy like him, if power's gone and you're not, but I mean, if power's gone, they just throw you strikes. Now, if, if your whole thing was you're great at taking pitches you know where the strike zone is. Your on-base percentage is going to be great, even though your batting average is terrible. 
the the only reason they don't throw the ball down the middle is because you can hit it 450 feet. Well, if you can only hit it 350 feet now, they're going to throw the ball right down the middle. And it doesn't matter how good you are uh, at, at taking walks. If the ball's down the middle, generally, they're going to call it a strike. If, if Angel Hernandez isn't behind the plate, it's a strike. Uh, so... I think it's possible that they are just saying, hey, we got to eat this money. We got to move on from Grandall. We can't, you know, I've always been a huge proponent of just because you're paying a guy doesn't mean you're playing a guy. Uh, obviously, that's easy to say when it's not your money. Um, but I feel that way across all sports. You know, when the NBA has a starter who's making 22 mil and it's terrible, but they still play him, uh, <coughs> Russell Westbrook. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, you know it. It happens, but I, I would certainly be interested. I'm interested in Sean Murphy as well. I'll go on oh, the record. Yeah, right I love here. that. Yeah, great. Let's let's bring him on. I'm, my guess: What would you trade if you were if you were Oakland? What would you take from the White Sox? And you're going to have much better offers elsewhere, including Houston. I, I would think if Houston doesn't sign Wilson Contreras, they're going to be all in on even with yeah. Jim Click gone. And incidentally. That yeah. would have been the greatest pickup of the offseason if we we could get Jim Click and send Rick Hahn to Houston. It's, it's maybe we still man for maybe man we, trade. Maybe we still can get him. I mean, Hahn would be great in Houston because he's got no guts, no nothing. He won't talk back to the owner about anything. He'll just sit there and suck it up and say, do it to me again, please. He should go to Houston. We should get Click, who's, who's actually got a working brain and, and willing to stand up for himself. And that would, would be, be That would be absolutely ideal. <laughs> I would love that, but in terms of us actually making a trade for Sean Murphy, who has incredible value because of his his contract situation, um, and his skill, and and his skill, he's very solid. With catchers, you never know when that's gonna go. He's still very, he's still very. But young. he's young. He's young. He's he's under team control. I there is not a trade I can think of that isn't goofy where. Oakland would take it in terms of taking young talent from us. I mean, you could, you could I, lose I, Andrew I, Vaughn. I, I, I was thinking Sebi plus yeah, Sheets plus Berger. They've got a third base problem. Although he's a third base problem. He can't catch yeah, the ball. Yeah, exactly. Uh, plus certainly Coloss. I mean, the first thing last word is Coloss. Right. Uh, and if it's not those, then it would be Sebi because they need a catcher back and Vaughn. Is there any world where we send Sheets, Vaughn, and Grandal and we pay 16 of the 18 million or something like that? <laughs> I, because maybe Oakland is fine with Grandal for a year uh, if we're paying for it. Because they're certainly not going to be competitive next year. They're oh, they're no. in they're full, years full away. rebuild. Yeah, uh, it's it's not necessarily valuable for them to have Grandall, but if we would pay for Grandall to play there, um, maybe. But we would have to also really sweeten that pot, and that means you're giving up Colas, or you're giving up Vaughn, or you're giving up Colas and Vaughn. And well, obviously, Montgomery, or you know, that, yeah, that, yeah. that's kind of the trio. And frankly, I'm not as enamored of Andrew Vaughn as most of the rest of them. I'm not going, oh gosh, he's terrible. Let's get rid of him by any means. 
that his second half of last season was scary. I think his OPS was just a little over 600. And that's two years in a row where he just kind of wore out. And this time he wore out sooner. 2021, you figure, kids never played this many games before. He had no minor league because of the situation in 2020. Uh, no wonder he wore out. It's, that's that's bound to happen. You go from playing I don't know, 60 or 70 college games to 162 programs. Got, got to wear it out. Well, that wasn't the excuse in 2022. And he really wore down. But he was most playing say for a team that he's playing a... left field and, right. and that depresses him. And, and maybe that's true, but why didn't it depress him in the first half of the season? He was just as terrible on the field then. Uh, and, I, I mean, I'm still, I still want Vaughn. Yeah. I still think he's going to be very good. I don't have that superstar vibe about him that some fans do. Agreed. I I don't anticipate a, a world where Vaughn is a an elite player at any point. Uh, but I do actually think Vaughn could be an extremely consistent player for ten years or so. You know, he's he's got the fundamentals and he's got the the natural ability. He doesn't have the fundamentals, but we you know everything can change. I I hate to be so positive about the White Sox in twenty twenty three. But I actually am, and and I'm in such a different boat about this managerial thing than the first day when they announced the hire. Oh yeah, for I, sure. I've got faith in this guy, and I got faith in what he's going to do, particularly with the young players. And I think you could see if Vaughn is not in left field. I don't think there's any world where Vaughn becomes a good outfielder. I just no, no, it has to be a first base. There's just no world for that. It has to be first base. Uh, or DH on any given day. and But I think with a great coach, and I think it's possible this guy will be a great coach for young players, uh, I do think Vaughn is is potentially a guy you really want to have around and, and have in your lineup for years to come because obviously we're not going to keep Abreu. He's done uh, as, a, as a member of the White Sox. We just... We won't have the money, whether we want to keep him or not. He's not going to take a ten million dollar yeah, predict, predictions on him are around the two year thirty five, two year forty range. Depending, yeah, on we're we, we're never do. going to do that when we have twelve guys who can only exist at first base. Essentially, uh, we do need to take our break here. Uh, when we come back, we will talk about those uh, MLB trade rumors, top fifty projections. Uh, including one of the few, very few, they had the White Sox in on. I was, it's really bleak. Uh, Montero, who already signed with Houston this morning. Uh, yeah, so so, the, the, yeah, the White Sox listed on none of the top 20, but correct. six all told, one of whom was Rafael Montero, and we know that's gone. That didn't yeah. make sense anyway. So, uh, I mean, I'm not sure why you want to correct, spend correct. even more on your bullpen. Uh, but hang in there, and we will be right back here on Sharing Socks. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. 
Welcome back to Sharing Stocks. We discussed the mysterious Sean Murphy interest as well as uh, AJ Pollock doing us the favor of the century. Uh, but let's talk about the MLB trade rumors. Right before the break, we mentioned that Montero was one of the few that the White Sox were theoretically in on. You know, I think it was just totally them guessing. Uh, he re-signed with Houston today. I'm really actually happy about that. I, I don't see a world where giving Montero $10 million a year uh, as a member of the White Sox makes any sense with our bullpen that already costs $85 trillion a season. Um, but who else Who else did the uh... – Well, and, and we should point out how they do it. They have four guys, and each of the guys makes a prediction for each of the guys on the top 50. First of all, they get together to arrange the top 50, and then each one puts in – where they think the guy will go. So, and they could agree or they could disagree. I think they mostly agree on Aaron Judge on that. So yeah. obviously Judge is number one. Uh, the four shortstops are next. Uh, they listed, uh, I think they had Correa at the top of the four, but the four are all kind of together. They yeah. These four great shortstops. Which would be for the White Sox would be incredible to get. One I know, of those, I know. You want Tim to... Anderson a second, and all of a sudden <laughs> you are a World Series contender. But it's not going to happen. You want Dansby Swanson so bad, and I think they were all predicting he's going to the Cubs, which is extra brutal. One of them, one of them will go to the Cubs. Correa will, or Swanson will, or uh, probably not not Turner or Bogarts, but possible. Um, but then we get to, and it's interesting, the next player after that of their top 50 is a familiar name in town, Carlos Rodon. Uh, another one that I, that I looked at, uh, uh, fan graphs, uh, had, uh, Rodon as the number three pitcher behind, uh, DeGrom and Verlander, but not necessarily in how much you get because Verlander is, very unlikely to be more than two years anyway. But they have, they have run on five years, 140 million. Uh, most of the ones I've seen have been five, 120, but it'd be anywhere from there on up. He ain't coming back to, to the South side for sure. No way. No way. They have Jose Abreu at number 19, uh, two years and 40 million and have him, uh, ahead of, uh, Anthony Rizzo. Which would be the biggest competition there because Rizzo is left-handed, about the same age, uh, and is showing the, the past year anyway more power, even though he only hit uh, 220, 225, something like that. But he put it out of the park a lot. Uh, but the first one, the first name that comes up with the White Sox as a possibility is their number 21 listing, which is Noah Syndergaard, who is no longer Thor. He's, uh, kind of a minor Norse deity or something of this type. But a very serviceable pitcher uh, in this last year for met some Phillies, uh, uh, for the Phillies uh, at the end too. They have a 356 and could be the Giants, could be Toronto, could be the Cubs, could be the White Sox. Well, that's a good pickup. I mean, if they, they got him, that's, that's, that's a good pickup. Remember the well, losing point. Depends how much you're going to spend on him, though, because, you know, Syndergaard just to me feels like a really classic White Sox bad signing. Uh, I, I like Older Syndergaard. Like yeah, I, I like Syndergaard. I think that he does still have something to offer uh, as a pitcher, 
But I also could see Noah Syndergaard as one of those guys who comes out next year and has an ERA around five and a half. He he's just he doesn't have that overwhelming power that he used to have. He's not really a finesse pitcher. He had a pretty good season, uh, no doubt about it. He he filled in innings and, and somewhat and <laughs> uh, got the got the job done. But I just I have such fears with him of the White Sox, you know, giving him a, a decent sized chunk of, of dollars next year and then just coming out and, and rocking that five ERA, five and a half ERA. I, this is not an exciting pickup. I'm actually surprised that he is ranked as high as 21 um, just because he's either hurt or he's falling off and you kind of got to decide which one you're, you're willing to risk there. Next. Uh, the next is number 29, Rafael Montero, who is gone. He's back, he's back with the Astros and that incredible bullpen. And next, and I think this one is realistic. Q, one of my favorite players ever on the White Sox, Jose Quintana. They projected two years, uh, 24 million. That's a White Sox budget area. Uh, had a tremendous 2022, 293 ERA, 165 innings. I mean, that's, that's pitching. Uh, they have White Sox, Mets, uh, Royals and Tigers. Now that's four different guys making four different predictions to one of them. There's, there's no player where two guys thought the White Sox would get none on the whole list. Yeah. Well, that's uh, what happens when you don't have money to work with and you don't have trade chips and you don't have anything. Yeah. Uh, next. We get the first position player, number 37, Brandon Drury, who was sort of Leury Garcia with talent. Yeah. A little more a second baseman than anything, but basically he's the Swiss Army knife uh, type yeah, player. Sir. That's definitely who we're signing, by the way. He's, he's He had a 2.6 war season this year, which is great, you know. Yeah. His career war. Is two. So, so he had, had a good year. One really, <laughs> really good season. Uh, and the predictions there are White Sox, Angels, uh, Marlins, and Brewers. And uh, two years and 18 million. I'm not feeling Brandon Drury. We got enough of these guys that really don't know where they want to play. Which is exactly why I'm saying we're going to have, we're gonna have <laughs> probably end up with him. I mean, it's a popular thing these days. Teams like uh, those who have defensive flexibility. And goodness knows he could then go into a corner outfield slot if needed. So there's that going. Next, at number 40, uh, a pure second baseman, John Segura, who. Uh, yeah. Yeah. At two years at 18 million, he has been getting 14 and a half million. The last, he's had a four year, $58 million contract with the Phillies. Uh, the four different predictions are back to the Phils, the Rockies, uh, one that I wrote down. Oh, Seattle. <laughs> I can't remember writing and, uh, the White Sox and the, the four choices in there. Segura would be, I mean, he's a good second baseman. He would mm-hmm. be. Slightly worse defensively than uh, what we already had and just gave away when we did not take his option, which I think was just so stupid with Josh Harrison. And a better hitter. Although Josh, from June... Yeah, exactly. Josh had two terrible, terrible months 
the last four months, he may have been the best hitter on the team. Three of them, he was over 300, and the other one, his, his OPS was a high 700. I, I think, Josh, well. I think I actually really like Gene Segura a lot. I've, I've liked him since he came up. I've liked him since he was a brewer. Liked him in Seattle. Liked him in, in Philadelphia. I I think he's a great ball player. I like his energy. I think it makes no sense whatsoever to not pick up Josh Harrison's option at what five million, five and a half. Well, the the, dif- the differential between what they had to pay him anyway for the for the buyout and and what the option was uh, was about four and a half. It was, it was less than five. Just yeah. See, four. see, I don't. If you're going to sign Segura, if they're predicting what were you saying, two years about eighteen million. Two eighteen. Yeah. Yeah, I and, mean, and I'm betting. I'm I'm betting it's higher. I bet I bet that Segura gets paid more than that. I think that's quite possible. And and I'm not saying Gene doesn't deserve that. He's obviously proven himself as a great ball player. But it, it would make zero sense to me for the White Sox to release Josh Harrison at uh, from a five point five million dollar year and then pay Gene Segura nine million. It, it just it, it makes no sense. They're they're very Same comparable age, players. Yeah. yeah, very similar in age, very similar in style of play. Segura has been overall the better player through his career, uh, but I, I would call them extremely comparable at this point uh, in terms of what they can do on any given day. I think Segura ultimately will stay in Philadelphia, uh, potentially even at a discounted rate. Um, I I just don't understand. I I really like Segura. If we can get Segura to fill that void, I'm fine with that. But it does not give us the actual great solution, which is signing one of those shortstops and moving Tim to second. Basically, signing Segura gives you a good second baseman and an okay, pretty good shortstop. And that's just where you are again. And finally, at number 48, before we run out of the top 50, uh, Corey Kluber, just one year and $12 million on a maybe he can come back kind of thing. Uh, KC, Red Sox, Atlanta, White Sox. I'm guessing if the White Sox hit anybody out of this list, it'll be Quintana. And I think that's a good pickup. It's possible. It's possible it could be Quintana. Um, I just think honestly that Quintana had too good of a 2022 for the White Sox to sign him for 2023. I I think he's just going to, I think someone else who has more money is going to swoop in and take him because his 2022 was so solid. I mean, he started it playing for the Pirates and pitching against the NL Central. So we got to kind of keep that in mind. But uh, I, I would be kind of surprised if there's a, uh, a world where the White Sox are able to get Quintana, I think someone else will sign him and overpay him. And I Speaking don't think the overpay, we're going to do that. The one out of the whole top 50 list who has gone is Montero. And their prediction was three years, 24 million. In fact, it was three years and 34 and a half. That's so, insane. That's insane. That's a terrible contract. I, well, Houston, Houston the, the relief pitching contracts saying. after Diaz's, I mean, they're suddenly. Right. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the, Market has gone way up. Now, our bullpen's starting to look affordable now. Uh, I I like Montero a lot. I think he's fascinating. He's a really fascinating, like, got really good late in his career story. Uh, three 
three years averaging over 11 million a year for Montero. I mean, that is, that is a danger zone. Ceiling is high, but the floor is really low. I, I just, I could not have offered him that kind of money, even though I do really like him. A couple of other lists, uh, some I'm not sure I'm not familiar with. Uh, it's a couple of top 25 lists of, of bloggers type thing in the Sox world for 25 that never got mentioned. Uh, Sports Illustrated wrote on, incidentally, uh, is number seven on their list. They have, this is scary from a White Sox point of view, Wilson Contreras going to Cleveland. And I think that's very possible. Uh, he's going to demand a lot of money, but they've got a lot of money available. The uh, MLBTR list had J.D. Martinez as uh, half of them. Two of them said J.D. Martinez, and Cleveland does need a designated hitter. There's no question. Yeah. Uh, now, the one interesting thing on Sports Illustrated, and I think this is a tremendous pickup, their number seven, number 13, Andrew Benatendi, to predict to go to the White Sox. Really? I don't think it's going to happen. I, I don't think they'll pay the money because I, no. I think he's going to be. He's going to be overpaid for sure. At least a very high five figures. Yes. At 100%. least. 100%. He is going to be intensely overpaid. No doubt about it. They have uh, Jose Abreu going to the Astros. Oh. Elvis Andrus, who's their number 35, going to the Twins. A lot, a lot of the other predictions have one of the big shortstops going to the Twins. And they have their number 45, Johnny Cueto, returning to the White Sox. I could see Cueto returning to the White Sox. Yeah, I, I could see it, too. I could see Especially that. Especially if you don't get somebody like Quintana. However, if the clubhouse environment is as bad as and he didn't like it, it was. He obviously did not like it at all. Correct. He said uh, only several thing. times that that things were wrong. He didn't again. He didn't yep. point to it. it's in the clubhouse and it's in the guys. But he was just even after Larusa was gone, he was indicating things are wrong. There is one guy who will be able to get some of these guys, and it all depends on him, and that's Pedro Griffal. If he can, if someone like Johnny Cueto loves him loves his style. Uh, They would have had overlap in Kansas City. Uh, So I think there's some possibility there uh, of of being buds, right? I think Cueto was in Kansas City. Or maybe I'm just picturing Cueto pitching against Kansas City (laughs) in the World Series. Uh, But I I think it will come down to Grafal to sort of keep some of these guys or be able to bring in some of these guys. If, if, if he can't recruit, if he can't show a proven change of culture, because clearly around the whole league, everyone knows about how bad it was. And so you're not going to have a lot of guys who are itching to get to the South side of Chicago right now, uh, especially for any sort of reasonable. I, I think going to play for the White Sox right now comes with a premium. I, I, I honestly do. I think if you're going to take five million somewhere else, you're going to have to take six million from the White Sox, uh, unless Griffal can prove that there's a huge culture shift 
and he actually reaches out to guys and and, and, and talks like about a, you know Han is still talking about we're not going to go free agents. Fair enough, uh, that's typical. Uh, but it's trades when we have almost nobody to Nothing. trade uh, because even the good players, I mean, uh, Luis Robert or or Tim yeah. uh, or uh, Aloy. You trade them, you got nothing. <laughs> I mean, you trade, yeah, I mean, you trade we, Luis Robert. You could get a really good trade for Luis Robert. Then you have no center fielder and no outfielders we, at all. We have the trade chips to do a complete rebuild. We do. We, oh, yeah. If, if we want to just say we're done, then you trade Cease, you trade Robert, trade Aloy, trade Tim, and you've got – I mean, you've got a future team somewhere in there, but theoretically, because you would get a haul for some of those guys. Uh, but we are also still in our win now window. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, saying that we're going to do play bad baseball for 10 years, not a good time for that. Uh, I truly don't know what's going to happen. I, I think we're going to end up with mostly the exact same team. Um, without our have, best hitter. With, exactly. Yeah. And, and clubhouse leader. And our second best pitcher up this year. Correct. Yeah. So my hopes and our best defender. Of, my my <laughs> hopes in terms of things going better for the White Sox relies completely on coaching staff. It, it, I think we're going to see a lot of the same guys. So it's going to be it's not going to be so much about what do the new White Sox look like. It's going to be what do the old White Sox look like under a guy who seems to care about baseball still, and that goes a long way. So I'm I'm not saying it doesn't mean the White Sox won't be contenders, but I do think uh, the change in the team is going to have to come from pieces that are already there, getting their act together and and learning how to play baseball again. Fan, fan graphs that they're very 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 preliminary look at at uh, next year. Maybe Steamer. I'm not sure who they use for that. Uh, has the White Sox third in the AL Central. With a 501 percentage, which I think is impossible. So they're back to a 500 percentage. That's just a computer speak 501 percentage. (laughs) Uh, But has them back basically the same as this year. So that's not optimistic, but yeah. But yeah, the the factors we're talking about. They they just invented a bad stance. Don't don't talk to that. (laughs) Exactly. Um, All right. Well, that is all the time we have for today. Do you have any final thoughts before we sign off here? No, but there's still hope. There's still hope that good things are going to happen. It's just starting. I don't think much will happen for the next couple of weeks, but we'll see. But it could. It could. I mean, signings are happening already, including some big deals, looking at you, Diaz. Uh, So I I think it's possible this is going to move a little quicker than we've seen it move in the past. Um, But that is all the time we have for today. Uh, Somewhat hopeful outlook for the White Sox. Um, Somewhat not hopeful outlook, but... Uh, We will keep out looking as we move toward the 2023 season. Thanks so much for listening, and we will see you next time here on Sharing Socks.